when I pray outside in the outdoors. I find it I'm very more connected in the outdoors, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally. Hi, welcome to Patterson Outdoors. Today we are at uh, Keswick Mountain Festival. Um, unfortunately, we've had to come into this tent because the weather has uh, not been pretty, not been good to us. Um, there is a bit of background noise possibly that you might hear, but um, the focus today, um, I am going to speak to uh, Miss Bacan. Uh, she is a hiker and adventurer, um, and I'm really looking forward to, to hearing her story. So, Miss, but welcome. Thank you. No, um, so, I I obviously heard that you were coming here, uh, and I saw you on the on the lineup, and we've just uh, had a, a wonderful talk in the Craghopper tent mm. on uh, on a particular adventure, and you talked about a bit about your background. I just wanted to. So sit down with you and, and maybe talk about that and, mm -hmm. and, and see where you, how you got into the outdoors, mm -hmm. um, but maybe how some of those, how you were maybe restricted in, in some ways um, and kind of explore that a little bit if that's okay. Okay. So, well, first of all, when you were growing up, what was your exposure to the outdoors? Um, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Because, um, uh, my parents came over in the 1960s and, and the um, reason they came over was to, for a better life and, and for us to become, to become some, uh, s someone, some, whether it's a doctor, an engineer, a teacher, um, to have a profession. So um, their focus was mainly on academia. Um, so outdoors was definitely out of the question. So, um, you, for like weekends and things, your your family wouldn't go on on trips or anything. Would it would it all be was academia and, and working? Was that the was that the focus then? Yes, it was academia um, working. We might have had a local a trip round Hollywood Lake. It's a small lake round in Rochdale, um, and um, and the local park. And, and that's it. But anything to venture outside um, our our area was a no-no. So, what about uh, things at school uh, and like trips at school or anything like that? School trips again. Um, we weren't allowed to go on uh, school trips. Um, again, it's affordability as well. Um, we had there were big families in those days, and one person earning. So. Um, school trips were definitely out. So um, in terms of the family, family, do you have quite a lot of, as a, do you have brothers and sisters? So we, have, we, are, we have five brothers, uh, five, uh, five um, four sisters and one brother. Right, okay. Yeah, but they have to remember in our culture, uh, in, the, in earlier uh, days, in the 1960s, the, the, the families that came over, it was mainly the male that worked. Um, the man of the house, um, and so the mother was the um, nurturer and carer of the home, and um, um, the man was the provider. Okay. So things have changed now. Well, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> have you? Uh, how how has that changed for you? And uh, as being kind of first generation. Yes, it's changed now. Where. Um, Obviously, the, we're more educated now. The girls are, you know, are holding on to very um, good professions. Um, so you've got two professionals working and, and two wages coming in. Um, and at the same time, 
and things have gone up it's expensive you've got mortgages to pay and we're both of them are now contributing to the household income so how how have you found it yourself um, coming through that uh, like breaking those those barriers in terms of working and, and providing and then having the outdoors uh, on top of that has that been a has there been many barriers um, Working is not a barrier okay. um, because you're actually contributing to the house um, and the schools, uh, you know, you want better education for your children and that meant um, both, of us, both of us have to work. So that was never a barrier. Okay. But um, outdoors um, was a barrier because that is something I'm doing for myself. It's not, you're not bringing some, you're not bringing money in or you're not, um, you, you, it's not, you're not benefiting the family. So you're actually either benefit, you're benefiting yourself. Um, so that initially was a barrier um, because I am taking time out of the family um, and really using the outdoors to better myself. So how is the, the outdoors viewed in, in the community? Um, prior to me, um, the outdoors was a difficult, uh, it was a no-go. We, okay. did, um, we didn't do much in the outdoors. Um, the community was mainly earning and um, paying for children's schooling, housing. Like I said, the bills are so expensive. So you, we, were, we would work and, um, and contribute to the house. And, and mainly that's it. I'll, I'll go to the cinemas. Um, so for other leisurely things, um, it will be cinemas or eating outside, um, eating in restaurants. Um, outdoors is something which is taken up more now since after COVID. Um, prior to that, it was not something um, I had discovered or as someone has, uh, I, I, I know of any other um, ethnic communities that are going out in the lakes or Wales or Scotland. And how then so getting for you to get into the outdoors how how did you how did you manage that or what was what was your uh, path into the outdoors for me it was um i was i was i was working as a chaplain at the local hospital and um seeing muslim patients and their story was always the same that they had served their husband uh, or they served their children the children's children and i used to think there must be more to life than just being a servant um, so I discovered the outdoors actually through my children. They were doing Scouts and Duke of Edinburgh. Um, and it was something I never had and, and they were exposed to it because um, through schools as well. Um, so I decided one day I will take up uh, the outdoors using their rucksack, water bottle, whistle and, um, and joined a Manchester Ramblers group. Okay. And, and that's how I discovered the outdoors. And was that, that's what you decided to do, obviously hearing these stories from at work, and you decided, well, I want something different? Or I did, want I, I wanted to make a change, yeah. and change always starts with yourself first. Yeah. So I started off with myself, um, I was already, the children already had that change, and then um, taking that on board from the children, and and obviously um, exploring myself and um, that's how, what I did, I took on board. How then did you, how did you know that was how you were going to get into it? Like, how did you find that, that group? 
that group um that group eventually i you um it was through a nordic walking group actually i joined um i joined a it was a two hour day walk on a sunday and i thought to leave the children for two hours would be okay right. um so i joined a, a walking group and they i would hire my lecky poles for three pounds and and it would be the same route for six weeks uh, for six months sorry and whilst on this route i i said to um one of um, the ladies i know that i've done this route for six months i want to actually discover more of the of the world of the country um how do i get to you know go and go out of this certain area because this area was only about 20 minutes away from my house um, and she said I know exactly what you need it's called the Ramblers she took my name and address and um, in a few weeks time I had all this um, uh, uh, magazines through and um, and then you would look through your area um, like I'm in Manchester and I found the Manchester Ramblers right so so that you mentioned there that obviously you'd been in the same place for six months but it was it was some it feels like you were looking for exploration or you were looking for to to expand your your circle i suppose uh, in terms of where you're going and like you talked about all you 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 wanted to go to to other areas what what is it in you that you think that that's that inspired that the outdoors um you know the quran the quran talks about the outdoors um, God tr um, talks about his creation. He created the, sk the sky, that he calls it can the canopy on, on above us, um, the earth, the sky, the, the moon, the stars. Um, these are God's creation. And in the Quran, he mentions um, he takes off on his creation. Um, and for us to not to look, to look for him in his creation and just stay in our house and just do the normal routine we're doing it's it's it doesn't seem it doesn't go hand in hand so the quran on one side we we are also um exploring you, you're forever exploring the quran and understanding it and the more you and read the more you understand the more you it's spiritually lifting you towards something and that's what was happening i felt that i was i needed to be outside and to actually feel what I am um, studying, but to actually feel it. So if I pray inside my house, which I do every day, it's different when I pray outside in the outdoors. I find it, I'm very more connected in the outdoors, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, which I am not, when I'm in indoors, because I'm in the comfort of my home, on a prayer mat, um, I, you know, the water's coming from the tap to do my wuzu, and then I'm, I, I put my mat on, on, on the carpet. It's all comfortable, but when I'm in the outdoors, it's, it's spiritually very, very different because you can do your um, ablution, which we have to have a wash in a stream, and then, and then you can pray on, that, on, the, on this ground which is earth, which is you actually connecting, your feet are actually directly on the earth. So learning and reading the Quran and then taking that into the outdoors, into the mountains and feeling it are just two separate things. 
I mean, I, I'd never uh, heard it talked to like that before, but it does sound, it sounds like you've kind of found yourself a little bit there. Um, uh, it sounds amazing, if I'm honest. Um, the, you know, even when you, when we sleep outside in the tents at night, um, when you're in the city, you're driving, the only time we look up is when we see a skyscraper and we say, wow, what, what a nice building. But when you're in the outdoors, and you, you are actually seeing the stars, the sky. You actually feel all this. Connected. Yeah, you feel very connected. No, oh, that's beautiful. The wind seems to be uh, rattling our it tent a little bit, but that's all right. We'll um, we'll we'll excuse that. Um, so, where did where did your walks take you? So I started with the um, Ramblers, and it was a fortnightly walk, and it was easy for me because I can't read a map. Um, it was safe because I was amongst people um, on a coach, just exactly like going on a school trip. So um, you got your school trips late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So a school trip. To me, it was a school trip. Every fortnight, I would look at, uh, look, you know, um, look forward to the school trip, um, and I would be covering. So they would be doing the lakes, the Lake District from um, May to September. Um, and Wales and then from uh, October onwards it would be the Peak District which I've never heard of yeah. the, never heard of the Peak District yeah, so, how, so are we, how are we aware you of, of mountains and, and Lake District Peak District was, was that I was never, never aware of any, no. anything I never even knew mountains had names yeah. <laughs> so well, good. a very uh, sheltered lifestyle <laughs> yes and uh, now I know there's Wainwrights and now I'm trying to tick off all the Wainwrights yeah amazing um, so what, what was your kind of first mountain? Where, where did you end up going first, do you remember? My first mountain was Helvellyn. Wow, and that's, that was that's, a, that's a big mountain to start with. Is it? I think so. That's okay. a, I, I, I that's didn't a, know at the time. No, I bet you didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was quite tired and I was like, I was last in the, in the, in the team yeah. and, um, and asking them, are we there yet? And this, you know, these, this team was absolutely so experienced and much older than me, right. and yet they were so strong. Um, I think they were worried that whether I'd reach there or to the top or not. But once I reached the top, that was it. It was after that, I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't wait for the next trip. Yeah. Um, and what, what route or what mountain kind of stands out for you? What one of your trips kind of? For me, um, for the local trips um, in the UK, I, th I think it's still Helvellyn. Yeah. yeah, it was my first mountain. It it's stuck with you. It stuck with me. Okay. I have I have lots of memories there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Like what? Can you give us one? The because it was hell. <laughs> Getting it's in the there. name. Yes, it's in the name. <laughs> Yeah, so pushing yourself to, 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 to get there. It was. Um, it was my first mountain. Uh, it was hell. It was dark. It was wet. I didn't know what, why I was doing what I was doing. I couldn't wait, you know, to get to the top and come back and that's it, finish. But um, it's, it stuck with me forever. It's just memories. And now, I, I, and since then, what, what kind of, where did that take you? Where is that taking you? So since um, using, well, if I looked at the, the Ramblers became my walking family mm -hmm. and um, they would talk about their experiences. So it was, it was very good in a way that I was learning again from the younger generation, which were my children, 
who had scouts in Duke of Edinburgh and then I'm learning from an older generation who had already done lots of HF holidays and they had explored other places in the world um, and now I'm in sandwiched in between and I'm taking things from both sides. Um, I then my first ever mountain abroad was um, the Atlas Mountains. So after doing six years in the lakes and, and Derbyshire, I decided to uh, venture out to a higher mountain to see what it was like to actually stay over, over for a week um, and experience the, the mountain life. And had you never, throughout your, your kind of six years that you mentioned there, had you ever been out for, for a long period? No, like no, it was only a day trip. Just day trips? We just did day trips. We had to be back. I even yeah. did um, Loch Lomond in one day. Oh, really? Yep. Drove there, did Loch Lomond and came back in right. one day. Right, okay. That was about it. Staying over oh, was okay. not in my remit right, as, okay. at all. So how then did it... Not how then. It progressed. Yeah. Slowly. Progressed, right. Um, I, five days in Tupacal and then... The following year, Kilimanjaro for two weeks. Okay, so let's um, talk about five days first. How did you? What was it like, kind of being in the mountains for that length of time, or, or what? What was the structure of the trip? How did you find that? Um, actually, I booked the wrong trip. Um, right. I didn't understand uh, what winter mountaineering was. Right. So I booked a tubical, um when I think I was just going to go up a mountain. That's it. But um, they asked me if I had winter mountaineering, which I thought I did. It meant that I had come to the lakes in the winter, in the mountains, okay. which we didn't really, but we, we have gone onto the mountains when there's been snow. So that's what I thought winter mountaineering was until I got to Tupacal. Um, and the other team, the rest of the team had crampons and ice axes which okay. I never had that kind of equipment so um, and I had the wrong boots I had the you know the normal British hiking boots so um, I had to have a quick um, half a day lessons on how to tie crampons and use an ice stick by one of the porters okay so that uh, trip was it was success uh -huh. um, but it was I'm glad I didn't go on a longer trip, um, you know, somewhere like three weeks to Nepal on a winter mountaineering with, no, with the wrong equipment. Yeah. So this was a start for, for me, an introduction to mountaineering abroad. Okay. And, and, and what did you think? Absolutely loved it. Yeah. A bigger mountain, higher mountain. It was like as if someone had given Botox to the mountain. You know, they were so big and fat because the only mountains I had seen were the Lake District. No. So. And, and now you're in the Atlas Mountains then I was in the and amongst Atlas. some, some, high some amazing peaking. Um, and how did you get on with crampons and ice axes then? Was it, was, um, did it I struggled with the ice axe right. um, a couple of times. I had dropped it um, at a great height, which the porter had to go run down and get it. Um, crampons I found quite easy to to um, uh, to walk on because don't forget it was already snow, so I needed some kind of grip. So they were very good mm, to yeah, walk yeah, on, yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, the only thing was I had no, the boots were wrong, so I put plastic bags over my socks okay. and then um, used all normal boots. Right. Um, so you, well, you, you adapted and you, and you got it. You just you got adapt it yes. um, and you get on with it. Excellent. Um, 
I suppose on on that trip and and probably subsequent subsequent trips, were there were there many other people from your community or from uh, or people with colour and and on those trips? I've never seen anybody no uh, from um, the Asian community on any of my trips um, right. except the North Pole trip. Okay. Um, we'll come on to that in a minute. So, I mean, okay. when, and uh, Mispa talked about that earlier at, at the talk she did here at Ke uh, Keswick Festival. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely touch on that, but I think we'll, we'll get there. But, but yeah, so were you were you trying to involve anybody within your community to, to come with you, or were you just keeping it for yourself? Is that at the time um, I was just I was keeping it for myself. Um, I didn't feel that anybody needed encouraging because, in fact, I needed encouraging myself. So um, where did you get that encouragement from? Um, Mainly because of the negativity, what people gave me, I used it as a positive. So in sometimes you have to, um, what's it called? Um, reverse psychology? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was doing. And so were, you, were you sharing this with friends and um, were you sharing your experience either on social media or, or, or in person with your, with your friends in the community? Um, no, not no. really. I just yeah. got on with it. Right, okay. Um, because it was something for myself. Yeah. I, I wanted to feel um, the mountain for myself first. Um, it wasn't about to. It wasn't about summiting. Um, it was just about being there and um, experience having the mountain experience. Mm. So for the first one, it was. Um, I, I didn't share. It, didn't, it wasn't for sharing. Yeah. Just it was just for me. Story, yeah. And then. What was your next trip after? Uh, and my second one was Kilimanjaro. Right. Um, and how did you get on there? That was uh, that was a, one of my best trips because we had a massive group, right. um, a mixed group. Um, when I say mix, it was people from Canada as well, um, and uh, Canadian girls and British. So it was a, it was a. a, a a big group with a, a good mix of um, a male and female as well, so it was a very good group. Mm. Um, and, and how did that, how, did you get to summit? I got to summit. Excellent. It was hard, but I got to summit. It's not one I've done, uh, I've heard though it's, it's tougher than it, uh, than I it think looks. jumping from straight from Tupacol and then to Kili, mm. um, yes, again I was um, not, I didn't have the right equipment, I was missing a jacket really. Right. Um, but yeah. like I said, these things, I, I didn't have the experience and I didn't have the experience in outdoor clothing either. And, and so going to an outdoor clothes shop and saying to them and asking them, um, I, I need, you know, I, I want to do this. And it, you, you're worried that they might sell you things which are wrong as well because you don't know much about it. Mm. So um, it was best to hire. I was hiring clothing at the time. Okay. To, to find something that, you, that was suitable and yeah. that you liked as well. It's got to be, it's got to fit. Um, and well, when you go into these shops and, and the higher shops, do they? Uh, how do you find them now? Do you find them more open to? to oh, tell, yeah. Oh, very much, very yeah. much. I'm, I'm, I'm now very relaxed going there. Right. Um, I know what I'm looking for. Um, you know, you learn the brands, you learn the makes, you understand what um, what equipment goes with um, what kind of weather. Um, um, 
yeah, now I'm extremely confident, um, and, the, and, the, and like vice versa, the shop people are confident with me. In fact, I was offered a job as well Maria? in the outdoor shops. <laughs> <laughs> I really am not, no, I didn't because I don't have any time to give. <laughs> I was offered an after, a Saturday job yeah. to come and work for them because I have the experience of the outdoors. Yes. Um, I said, no, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. <laughs> you don't have time. You're too busy going outdoors I'm and busy, going to trips. I'm too busy, yes. Something will have to give, and it'll be that my trips will have to give. Well, that's it. Um, and when you were on the, when you started with the Ramblers and you went to uh, Elbrus and, and to Kilimanjaro, did you find that there was any negativity for to you uh, being a, a personal colour, being being Muslim and, uh, um, and a female, or is that is that been, have you had any negativity out with you? Um, uh, the negativity is actually coming. The reason we get I had negativity was. Um, it's not a norm that Muslim women get up and do and go off to the mountains um, because all of my life I've been just working and um, it's work and home. So this was something different I was doing. I was actually getting up and going for like two, three weeks on my own, um, exploring. And so the, I can understand some of the negativity which was coming from the older generation because they were thinking well the children are going to be left on their own you've left your husband on your own you know how are they going to cope um you know things have now changed in the ne in in the generations to come people can you know there are takeouts men and women both cook the men are actually very good cooks in our culture in our culture so i think that that kind of negativity was coming from the older people who have not that who don't have that experience, um, and it's not a done thing in their, you know, in their time. Um, so, have since you've uh, sort of forged this outdoor path, um, have you? Is there anybody from from your community or from um, uh, from other uh, Muslim communities have, have they joined you in, in your walks, or are you? Is it? Or are you still doing it for yourself? No, I'm not doing it for myself anymore. No. Now I'm trying to encourage everybody to yeah. go outdoors, whether it's from my community or your community. Yeah. Um, it's outdoors is for everybody. Um, there's no race, religion. Uh, you know, it's 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 a no age. Um, it's for everybody. So we have now groups set up already. Um, we've, um, there's one uh, um, in Manchester that's set up. It's called the Lotri Group. Um, there's, an, um, I think, over a hundred um, women on that group, and they, they'll be doing. They're, they're actually doing one hike a year. So last year we did um, the Old Waterway. It was a 26-mile um, walk, and it was for. We'll pick a charity. So I think we did last year. We did. Let me think. Um, cancer, cancer research. Right. So and so, what we do um, usually seven eight months beforehand, we'll put a training package together, and everybody buddies up with everybody, mm. and wherever they live in, they'll start um, doing some a, a, a small walk. Whether they have to go to shops to get some eggs, they'll go for a walk. They'll go walking instead of taking the car. So this is helping them um, to um, gear up for the big hike, um, and you've got other groups. You've got Muslim hikers. 
who's a huge, a big group. I don't know if you yeah. heard that they already had some bad press. I, I saw the bad press over, yes. uh, it was Christmas, uh, I think it was. And that was and bad that press. Was, that was, uh, it was heartbreaking, yes. if I'm honest. Um, yeah. and, and I can't even imagine how it was within the Muslim community, but just from looking from the outside, it was... Uh, I couldn't believe when it when I, when I, I read that. And they're doing such good work. Amazing work, yeah. Um, to get everybody in the outdoors. And I suppose the reason why they're having a big group followers uh, following them is because um, there's an understanding that we have our prayer times and and I suppose it's comfortable for certain people to go with the uh, the Muslim groups so they feel comfortable that okay we're all stopping for our prayers and we're all doing our prayers together um, whereas I'm happy with both I'm, I want to break the barriers I want to integrate I like to integrate um, so you're actually learning I'm, you know, in a way you're learning from my religion as well, at the same time I'm learning from yours. Um, so I'm sort of breaking barriers um, in, in, in a different yeah. way. Um, no, but I, I, I totally understand for those people who want to go if it, 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 with the Muslim group because they feel comfortable. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, when we talked before, I. Hold my hand up and say I'm, I come from a very privileged background. Yes. Um, I, uh, that's, a, that's a different story in itself. But I, I know that I, I've never had any barriers in the outdoors, and I think, and I don't think anybody should. Uh, and when I saw that, I mean that's just one example. There's, there's many examples I think of, a, of, of other times where mm. uh, communities have. have had some adverse feedback. Let's say that was uh, quite. It was quite bad it was um, feedback. Uh, um, it was. Uh, it was. But I don't think the cut the on the people who was giving uh, you know, understood. Um, you know what? Okay, not just as praying. It's when I go. Um, when I'm walking with the ramblers in the evening, they go off. Um, they go to a pub. It's not something I. I would do. I would get in the car and come home. Okay. Um, so you could understand why the group want to go with their own with their own group don't mm -hmm. you, you yeah. I, I suppose you could understand I, that yeah de definitely because um, it saves I, them an hour to either go in the pub <laughs> and then what am I going to do sit in a pub and have a cup of tea yeah. I might as well come home <laughs> fair enough um, and I think that's uh, when it comes to uh, things like that um, it, it, that's about the community isn't it it's about, it's about understanding yes. each yeah, of those yeah. cultures and respecting exactly each yeah. other's religions and cultures yeah, and, 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 and faith and ways of in every way yeah. yes yeah, yeah. the way of life we it is a different way of life but the outdoors like i said it's for everybody mm -hmm. you might want to go to the pub afterwards we might want to go we'll go home because we have other commitments mm -hmm. um to yeah. do because like i said we have we have prayer times in the morning in the evening midday and evening and you really want to get home before the suns before the sunset for the evening prayers mm, for the evening prayers um so you're breaking barriers um, in your in your own community, mm -hmm. and you've done a few trips now. So uh, you've been to Atlas Mountains, you've been to Kilimanjaro. What other international type trips have you have you been on? Um, Elbrus. Elbrus as well. Yep. Um, now you're fully winter mountaineer. I trained. am. I'm yeah, trained. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> a baptism of fire in in, in, uh, yep. in Atlas, in Atlas Mountains. And then, talk to us about the, the the North Pole opportunity. 
Yes, the North Pole um, opportunity, well, it was an application form um, that I met a, actually a, a, a girl who I went to Kilimanjaro with, um, Jessica, and, um, and she had printed this um, application form, the North Pole uh, application, and, um, and she uh, said, why don't you apply for it, which, um, which I did. It was um, asking, it, it was 12, the, the, it was a leader, Felicity Aston, who was a polar explorer, who was going to, who, it was her expedition, and um, she was going to lead a trip of 12 women from 12 different countries. She, six from, um, from the west and six from the east. Um, and the whole purpose of the trip was to foster greater dialogue between the two, the west and the east, um, and for women to reach beyond their own expectation. So I applied for this expedition, um, not knowing that I would get through. A thousand women had applied for this expedition and um, I finally got accepted um, amongst 12 other women. And then all I could, had to do was train. Okay. And it was train very, very hard. Okay. So just on the, the application process for it, was there when you say there's a thousand people, was that from, because I think you mentioned in your talk, you uh, there was obviously somebody from the UK and then there was uh, Qatari, um, yeah, Saudi Arabia and uh, so 12 other nations. Yeah. Was it a thousand people just for the UK or was it a thousand people across all the 12? No, it was a, a thousand people across the 12 okay. how countries. How many, do you know how many there was from the UK? I have no idea. No idea? Probably no. don't want to know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no idea, I didn't um, ask. And then, so the, what was the selection process? Um, it was um, from uh, ages 25 to 50, um, you needed to swim, um, fluent English and um, the criteria and to come back as an ambassador to your country and to inspire others. Okay. I was doing that beforehand, <laughs> yeah. yes. Um, and, and could you swim? I was actually um, learning to swim. Um, I couldn't swim 50 meters at the time, okay. but um, I came back from Kilimanjaro after meeting a very good swimmer, and um, she was uh, um, on the hike with me. But she was so fast, and when I asked her, um, you know how you know you're very good in, on hiking and she's, she's actually a professional swimmer so then I thought I'm going to go back and I'm going to learn how to swim because she was very very good right so you're using using other people's uh, I was doing other, yeah, other people's experiences it, yeah. to get yeah well yeah. that's what could you do um, that's, that's, it doesn't come in a book everybody does, yeah. 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 I don't get a beginner's so. book to say well I'm going to do mountaineering how do I start and plus the other thing was I didn't have a role model uh, a role model you know a Muslim role model that I could look up to and ask questions yeah. um, there wasn't one I think you're that now aren't you <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it so that well, let's, so you've gone through the, the, the application process and was there, uh, was there an interview or anything like that what, did you have to speak to anybody from the no I applied for the application online mm -hmm. and then left it and then six months later I had an email um, um, saying I had got through the first stage 
um, and then a couple of weeks later it was an interview on Skype. Um, I took the interview and then a couple of weeks later um, a decision was made that I was accepted on the, um, on the team. And was how did that feel when you when you were accepted? I think for the well, it was a shock, um, and I, I took it very lightly because I just went and bought some dinner from Nando's and ate that and just Celebrate. laughed to myself and just said, "Seriously, I'm going to the North Pole, and what's going to be the next step?" Because all it was that you are on the team, and you will hear from me soon. Okay. So it was going to be so next. <laughs> just wait to hear what, yes. what was going to happen next. Um, so what did happen next? What was the first step? So then the, the first step was um, um, September came and we were all, uh, all of us, uh, the, the different team members from the country, we were all going to meet in Iceland, which is Felicity's hometown. Um, and that was the first time we were going to um, see each other face to face. But prior to that, we set up a WhatsApp group of course um, and just to get, sort of get to know each other uh -huh. um, we had a li list of what to bring and we had um, a, a timetable of all the um, things we were going to learn so it was a two-week trip to Iceland uh, where we we're going to learn how to ski um, use a GPS how to uh, lectures on how to look after your extremities um, how to learn to uh, uh, you know cook on the stove and pull up tents mm. and teamwork. And how, how did that, obviously for 12 ladies from different parts of the world essentially, how did that uh, group knit together? Was it, was it effortlessly or was there, was it there was, any kind of... No, you know, it was effortlessly yeah. because one of the criteria on the application form was to speak English. Right. So mm. we all flew, spoke fluent English. Yeah. Um, and we were all grown up women and, you know, we, um, and we were all helping each other. Mm. Um, there were skills that the Western girls had, which was skiing. Right. And um, I think the majority of the Middle Eastern girls couldn't ski, mm. uh, including myself. Mm. So, and these were exchangeable skills. Um, again, learning from each other. Again, yeah. learning from each other. Yeah, no, that's great. Ed. And and how did you find Iceland? Cold. It was minus eighteen. It was cold. Was it? Wow. Yeah, minus eighteen. That can be quite cold. <laughs> Dark, cold, and because mm. we were on um, the glacier, and all I could see was sort of black holes. Oh really? Yeah, I could. I saw a massive hole, black. You know, like um, a crevasse. Yeah, a crevasse. Yes. Mm. And I, I, I was like, no, this is <laughs> this is dark. <laughs> but well, you thought no, but you were still there. You still did it. You, you, I was uh, going to give up. Were you? I was going to give up after the ice breaking drill. Okay. Um, is that again in, in the water? That was jumping into a freezing cold lake, um, and that was that was required in case uh, the tent had fallen into the Arctic Ocean, and how we would have to swim out and get ourselves out because I can't see anybody jumping in after me. Can you? In minus forty. No, no, I don't think I'm doing. I wouldn't jump after somebody else, so I don't think no one's going to jump after me. Uh, so what was it about that that made you want to quit? It was just it was. It was cold, and it was just cold, and I. Yeah. Um, I didn't see the purpose 
of what I was trying to prove. Right. I wasn't trying to prove it to anybody, but I just found it cold. Um, and there was lots of skills I didn't have. But the whole purpose of the expedition was to learn off each other, and these skills can be learnt. Um, and it's about teamwork. Definitely. So that's why I was thinking, you know, I, I'm, I, yeah, I, every day I was like, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit. But every day I was learning, I was getting a little bit better. Again, that was teamwork because there was one of the girls in there saying, you're doing very well, Miss, but you are doing really good. And sometimes they'd put me in the, in the lead and everybody would follow me. We'd all have different places in our group. Um, sometimes you're in the middle, so you had to carry on. It would help you pace up. Um, so every day when you were thinking, now I'm going to leave, by the end of the day, you think, I've got better today, I've got better today. So by the time I finished a two week trip in Iceland, I'm not, I wasn't going to leave. Yeah, you, the confidence was, and, and yeah, your the skills. Yeah, the confidence had, yeah. was coming back. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I bet you're glad you didn't because uh, obviously there was, there was more training, I think, was there? There was more training. Um, I had to train harder. I was the oldest team member. So um, I was very lucky that Felicity had given me the harness, um, the, the stove, um, other bits and bats, uh, things to bring home and to learn, you know, how to um, uh, to use to get my expertise uh, up to scratch with yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Um, so I used um, the harness and I got uh, a tire from the MOT garage and um, and used to pull the tire tire along the park. Yeah. So I did that after work every other day. Did you get strange looks? I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, telling me to roll it instead of um, pulling it. All right, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Useful. <laughs> yes. Um, and so you used that for training for pulling the, the, the sled, mm -hmm. pulling the pulp. Uh, and, and you mentioned that you went, in, in your talk you mentioned you went, um, well, it was a sandy area, I can't remember where it was you went for training. Yes, we, for, so after Iceland we did a two-week expedition at, um, in Rubel al-Khalil in the desert. Um, and like I said, that the whole purpose of this was to foster greater dialogue between the East and the West. So now it was for the Western girls to see how the Eastern girls lived and, and, to, and to understand two extreme um, environments in two different continents. Um, I, I know it sounds strange, we're pulling s sledges over sand dunes, but it's, it is similar to Iceland. Just it's warmer, training, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just warmer, yeah. and you needed water. <laughs> yes. Mm. Um, again, it wasn't shorts and t-shirts. No, you had to be fully to, covered yeah, yeah, because you had to respect the uh, culture as well, the religion, the culture, and also um, your environment and and yourself from the sun. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which one do you prefer? The sand. Sand. Yes, <laughs> it's warm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, as, part, as well as that, as well as the, the training, um, you had some fundraising to do, didn't you? We had fundraising to do, which meant that we spent, a, you know, behind the scene, a lot of time was spent on raising the funds, the money, writing to sponsors, which is one of the hardest parts, mm. is to get the funding. Um, we weren't going to leave anybody out, so... Um, yeah, all 12 of us were at the same, you know, it was the good thing was that we were all communi uh, communicating with each other um, and, and, and helping each other, like a, a teamwork. 
-hmm. everything boils down to teamwork. No, definitely, yeah. Um, and you made your way um, over there. Uh, well, what was the next? You got all your money, you got all your kit. Got the money, got the kit, You've got trained. the ex-training, yeah. trained. Yeah. Um, you're never fully trained when you think you are fully trained because once I landed in, at, head off to North Pole and I got to um, Longyearbyen, which was minus 27. We acclimatized there for a week, got our kit sorted, and then headed off to Barnio Base Camp, um, where it was minus 38. And you think you're trained. I don't think it was really physical training. It was cold. Mm. And you can't train for cold unless you walk and live in a big freezer. Yeah. That's true. Which I even thought of. Did you? Yes. That was going to be one Huge, of your training one of those ones. meat freezers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, going in there and staying in there for a bit. Yeah. And then I thought, no, I'm not. I'm not going to go that far. I'll <laughs> yeah, deal with I, it when I come. Probably training for minus thirty, even in a freezer, probably it's probably not actually cold yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I couldn't you, stay you there for prepare. nine hours. No. No. You, you, um, it's difficult to prepare for, I suppose. That, the cold is very difficult to prepare for, very, very difficult. I don't know how you would prepare for that. Mm -hmm. And how did, how did all the other members of the team cope with the cold or react, I suppose, initially to I the cold? We all did. We all react, reacted in, uh, in different ways. Um, you know, people, they, we were silent because you're, you're there now mm -hmm. and there was no going back. Yeah. And we're all trained. Um, to help each other. Now, if one person went, it, it, you know, you would, you'd lose hope um, because everybody had their jobs to do. So just, I was the chef in my, okay. in, in my kitchen, in, in my tent. So just imagine if I left, there'd be no food for the others. Well, there would be food, they'd have to put it up together because yeah, I did all the training for being the chef. Right. Um, okay. So we all role? had, Oh yeah, I was, yeah. I was given that role actually. I yeah. wasn't. It wasn't that I was saying, "Oh, I'll be the chef." I was the more mumsy in the in the team. Right. Okay. So um, I was given the Looking role of as, as a uh, as as the chef. So um, we all had our jobs as well, and we all knew our jobs thoroughly. So in Iceland, in Oman, we kept the same routine: pitch up the tent, bring the sledges to. I got into the tent. There's, Stuff was thrown from the sledges into the tent. I put them in the four corners. Everybody knew what corner they were sleeping in. So it was the routine that was fixed. Okay, regardless of the conditions. Regardless of, of the yeah. conditions. And on your uh, travels to the North Pole, what was the what what stood out? What was your was there a standout moment, or was there anything that that, that you could pick from it? I would think the the ice. There were certain places that I would stop and look at the ice, um, the blocks of ice, because it would show you how old the ice was, um, and it would remind me of old age. Um, it would remind me of the veins of on the back of your hands. The older you get, the more uh, apparent the veins pop out and the older the ice was, the more it was, um, you could see the veins in, in, in the ice. Okay, that's interesting, that's not something I'd ever, ever thought of before. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting yeah. Yeah, perspective on it. I think that's, uh, maybe because I was doing 
chaplaincy work and I would right. see uh, and age yeah because for me it, we're only on this earth a short time and um, and time is so fast um, I like to make the most of my time it kind of seems you are. It sounds like you are at the moment. Yes. Um, and what what would be what was the hardest part of the of the trip to the North Pole? It's filling those um, uh, gas the, uh, the the gas bottles with oil. You have to take it outside of your tent, and it's minus fourteen. And you have to. We took the petrol cans, and um, and we had to fill them up. Into the bottom. Into the bottom, yeah. That was, that that was, was the hardest part. Really? Yeah. Not the skiing across? No. The, the, no. I, that was <laughs> the, the hardest part. It's funny once, how that, that... Once you got into the tent and your bottle is like, oh gosh, it's only got a little bit more left and it's going to be nothing. You had to get changed quickly, put on your ski gear back on and go out again. And, and and that, again. You don't want to do that. <laughs> no. No, I suppose not. Once you've got the comfort of your tent. Yeah. You I think the skiing was you just got on with the skiing. It was just head down. No one spoke to each other and it was head down and you just followed the sledge in front and the sledge in front would have somebody's um, toy on it. You took a teddy bear or someone had written, be happy, keep smiling. And you just had your head down and just carried on. Yeah, because once the hood's up, I imagine you're, there's an, and, and you're there forward. There is, and you've no, got your goggles on yeah. and your head down and just uh, breathing yeah. through this mouthpiece. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and would you go back? Definitely. Yeah. I would like to do the South Pole now. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like a bit tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there, am I right saying there was 10 of the team made it to the, made it to the North Pole? Yes, there yeah. was 10 in the end because um, the two team, um, in training, the two team, um, two girls, I think it was um, Jordan and United Arab Emirates had left the team. Okay. Um, so we didn't recruit for them. And one, uh, one of them, I'm right saying one of them was uh, through cold, cold weather exposure. Yeah, yeah. she, she did, but um, but she still came with us. Um, although she stayed at Banyo Base Camp, um, after when we finished the expedition, uh, the helicopter came to pick us up, and she came on the helicopter to uh, pick us up, which is okay. so good. That's good. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that's a little uh, reprieve then for her, uh, and it's. Uh, it's going to be a film, it's going to be released later on this year? Yes, there's a documentary coming out called Exposure. Right. Um, it should be released in the fall this year. Okay. Um, okay. I we'll will look forward, you know we'll look forward to that, yeah. yeah. Uh, look forward to seeing that. Obviously you showed a, a clip earlier of it. Yes. Uh, yeah, it looks, uh, it looks good. Um, so that was 2018? That's 2018. Yeah. yeah. And how long after, I suppose, your your decision to to get uh, to go outdoors, like when you started your Nordic walking or over the Rambles, how like how, how long, long has it been? So, so, so um, it's been fourteen years now. Right. I've so been walking a, fourteen years. And 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 you've gone to the North Pole. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I always wanted yeah. to reach the highest mountain, but I got to the top of the world. So got to the top of the world. Mm. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, and. Since then, have you managed to get out before we got trapped in our houses? Um, we, was there um, any other trips? Before, we, before COVID, mm -hmm. I managed a trip to um, K2 base camp and Gondogorala. Right. So that was a good 24 days. 
Right. Um, it was nice to go back to Pakistan, where my parents came from, and now to um, discover their country. And it's such a beautiful country. Um, following from the Himalayas right down to the Karakoram, uh, um, it is a stunning country. And it, there's so many places that, has, that haven't been explored. So um, the last trip the company had done was 2011. Oh, really? And nobody ever went back to the K2 base camp. No? No. And then, so you did it again in I two, did, 2019? Yes. So that was good. Yeah. Um, Sounds pretty special. It was, I, I remember that trip because mm. there was the special, for me, that trip was very special because I could speak the lingo and I felt I was in my, I was in, I, I was a belonging there as well. Yeah. I have, I have my culture, I'm Pakistani, British Pakistani, so I have two um, uh, cultures um, and the group I was with, with were all British and it was good to translate, you know, to actually um, to translate the language, um, yeah. the mountain language to them and saying, no, this is this peak and this is this peak. I felt very um, honoured to be on that trip. Mm. No, I bet it, sound, uh, and it sounds like an amazing trip. It was that, absolutely. To, to add that to it. It was. Been, and then we special. celebrated Eid, right. which was at, um, this, and celebrate uh, the finishing, um, the, the Eid, which was, I think it was in August. So the, um, the group got to experience how we celebrate Eid and then we also celebrated Independence Day, still in the mountains. Right. And, and that was an amazing... Yeah, uh, I bet. Oh, sound like you, you got That was right a, at, one at the of right my time. amazing trips as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't think... It sounds like all your trips have been amazing. They you, have. You've, 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 you've hit it on the, on the Every trip has got, uh, brought something back. And every trip has taught me something, whether I've got the wrong gear um, or, or the right gear, or uh, I need to practice, uh, you know, train more. I've come back with meeting amazing people on these trips. Yeah, unfortunately, I have never met um, another ethnic person on the trips. I hope that I to do so next time. Yeah. Um, but even if I haven't, it doesn't matter. It's just that it's good to share mm -hmm. um, cultures. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I enjoy seeing other cultures and, and learning from mm. other cultures. I think we've all, like you said earlier, we've all got a lot to learn from, from, yes. from each other. Um, I, I, one thing I meant to ask about the, the, the North Pole trip, what, how long did it take? So we was five days in, in Longyearbyen when we got our kit together and then it was ten days on the North Pole, actually on the skis. On the skis? On the skis. So ten days? Yeah. Wow. It's, it blows my mind. That's amazing. It's awesome. Um, so, through lockdown, how did you how did you get your fix? How did, how you did get I get your, my fix? How did you get your outdoor well, fix? <laughs> I did some Zoom um, like everybody else did. I yeah. brought some weights. Well, they well weights were they sold oh, off, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then you did some Zoom classes, um, <clears throat> and then we. A, a number of girls got together from the community and um, we started buddying up with each other and doing walks and now we've got um, it's called the Loto Tree group and there's about 122 um, women on there um, which you know they're doing hikes they're going uh, they're not they have started going abroad on some of them yes. um, in fact a couple of them have just come back from Peru last week 
So they did the Inca Trail. Okay. Are you jealous? Um, so I'm looking forward to meeting them actually. <laughs> I'm, meet, I'm actually meeting them on Wednesday. Um, and, and, and now we've started doing a hike, um, one big hike per year. Mm -hmm. So we started off with Snowdon. So some of them had never done Snowdon. Right. Um, we did that and, and the, last year we did um, the Olds Waterway for, for um, Macmillan and this year we're doing the Jurassic Coast. Okay. So we pick a charity and pick a big hike. And when, when will the Jurassic Coast be? It's taking up in September. Right, okay. So, so we're going to start training. training. We're yeah. all going to train now <laughs> for this. Um, and what about your kind of, are you still hiking with the Ramblers or are you, are you going yourself now? Are we, well, are I you, know, I have, <coughs> I have um, sort of distanced myself with the Ramblers at the moment because I've started doing further afield where the coach doesn't get to. Right. Um, so I'm at the moment ticking off um, some Wayne rights, but I'd like to do at least six, seven mountains in a day now, okay. um, which means I'm going with a group called Hike in Manchester. So um, we'll rough, they roughly do around four, five thousand feet per day. Okay. Just one day, so squeezing that in, I'm make it, making the most of that in, day. Yes. <laughs> so I'm squeezing um, that in now. For this. And what? How? Well, you, you talked about your children earlier and how they. They were in scouts and and, and DV etc. How have they? Are they in the outdoors now, or are they, do they do they still venture out into the outdoors? Well, my I'm a grandma, so right. um, so my daughter is still busy with the little kids at the moment. I'm sure she'll venture out once uh, that you know the kids are a little bit older. Um, my son's taken up cycling. He likes speed right. and um, and cricket. So yeah, the outdoors is in their blood now. Yeah. They have that. And now, now you've got grandkids, it's another generation to inspire. Another in generation. Well, hopefully they'll be a privileged generation just like yourself. Mm, yeah. You know, they, I she, hope so. Yes. Yeah. You know, she's already got the outdoors there. You know, she, I can mm. pitch, I pitch a tent, she sleeps over. Um, so it's taken three generations to get to where you already have that in your system. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and, and, well, I'm so glad to see it get to that stage. Um, it will, inshallah. It will. Yeah, yeah, inshallah. Um, so, what, what, what's on for the future for for Miss Bacan? What, what are we going, what are we going to see you do? Well, next? let's see. Um, I'd like to venture out for a just over a six thousand meter peak. Um, I've seen one in Pakistan. Yeah, um, back to Pakistan, back to... Yes, there are mountains there which haven't been touched. And That's true, yeah. There's plenty you know, to explore. It, it's a place where, yeah, definitely to explore. And I wish um, the mountain, um, the adventure company have more and more um, trips, you know, like they do for Nepal. I, you know, I wish they could do the same for Pakistan because there's so much out there to do. Yeah. Um, and, what, and, and you're going to continue to tick off your Wainwrights? Will you be coming up, up north to Scotland to do the Monroes? Can I, oh, can I tempt you up I to there? I know, that means staying over, I think. Um, yes, <laughs> maybe, maybe. 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 <laughs> well, if you do come up, then give me a shout. I we'll, will do, we'll go, definitely, we'll definitely. Um, well, Miss Ba, I think uh, your, your story, uh, like I said to you earlier, um, your story is so inspiring. And it's not oh, a story, it's real, it's real life, isn't it? It's, it's your life and, it, and it's, uh, I think it's, uh, I, I hope it inspires uh, more people from from your community and out with uh, 
the community to uh, to get into the outdoors. Uh, I think you've you've certainly made the most of it. Your you in all your trips, um, and I'm looking forward to see the film um, or the documentary towards the end of the year. Uh, that'll be amazing. I'll drop you a line when yeah, you're yeah. going now. No, definitely. Forward to it. Thank you very much. No, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me on the interview. Oh, not a problem. It's thank been a pleasure. You. Well. Um, I've really enjoyed that talk. Uh, I hope you have too. Apologies for all the sort of background sound and the and, and the noise from the festival, but um, I, I was determined to get this interview done. Um, so, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.